Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hostility of tone which had been assumed. You need not be rude to my friend after she has been waiting tea for you till near eleven o'clock, said Mrs. Furnival. It is nothing to me, but you should remember that she is not used to it. I wasn't rude to your friend, and who asked you to wait tea till near eleven o'clock? It is only just ten now, if that signifies. You expressly desired me to wait tea, Mr. Furnival. I have got your letter and will show it you if you wish it. "'Nonsense! I just said I should be home.' "'Of course you just said you would be home. "'And so we waited. "'And it's not nonsense, and I declare. "'Never mind, Martha, don't mind me. "'There's a good creature. "'I shall get over it soon.' "'And then fat, solid, good-humoured Mrs. Furnival "'burst out into an hysterical fit of sobbing. "'There was a welcome for a man on his return to his home "'after a day's labour. Miss Biggs immediately got up and came round behind the drawing-room table to her friend's head. "'Be calm, Mrs. Furnival,' she said. "'Do be calm, and then you will be better soon. Here is the hartshorn.' "'It doesn't matter, Martha. Never mind. Leave me alone,' sobbed the poor woman. "'May I be excused for asking what is really the matter?' said Mr. Furnival. "'For I'll be whipped if I know.' Miss Biggs looked at him as if she thought that he ought to be whipped. "'I wonder you ever come near the place at all. I do,' said Mrs. Furnival. "'What place?' asked Mr. Furnival. "'This house at which I am obliged to live by myself, without a soul to speak to, unless when Martha Biggs comes here.' "'Which would be much more frequent, only that I know I am not welcomed by everybody.' i know that you hate it how can i help knowing it and you hate me too i know you do and i believe you would be glad if you need never come back here at all i do don't martha leave me alone i don't want all that fuss there i can bear it now whatever it is do you choose to have your tea mr furnival or do you wish to keep the servants waiting out of their beds all night "'Damn the servants!' said Mr. Furnival. "'Oh, laws!' exclaimed Miss Biggs, jumping up out of her chair with her hands and fingers outstretched, as though never, never in her life before had her ears been wounded by such wicked words as those. "'Mr. Furnival, I am ashamed of you,' said his wife, with gathered calmness of stern reproach. Mr. Furnival was very wrong to swear, doubly wrong to swear before his wife, 
trebly wrong to swear before a lady visitor but it must be confessed that there was provocation that he was at this present period of his life behaving badly to his wife must be allowed but on this special evening he had intended to behave well the woman had sought a ground of quarrel against him and had driven him on till he had forgotten himself in his present after-dinner humour when a man is maintaining a whole household on his own shoulders and working hard to maintain it well it is not right that he should be brought to book because he keeps the servants up half an hour later than usual to wash the tea-things it is very proper that the idle members of the establishment should conform to ours but these hours must give way to his requirements in those old days of which we have spoken so often he might have had his tea at twelve one two or three without a murmur though their staff of servants then was scanty enough there was never a difficulty then in supplying any such want for him if no other pair of hands could boil the kettle there was one pair of hands there which no amount of such work on his behalf could tire but now because he had come in for his tea at ten o'clock he was asked if he intended to keep the servants out of their beds all night oh lord said miss biggs jumping up from a chair as though she had been electrified mr furnival did not think it consistent with his dignity to keep up any dispute in the presence of miss biggs and therefore sat himself down in his accustomed chair without further speech would you wish to have tea now mr furnival asked his wife again putting considerable stress upon the word now i don't care about it said he and i am sure i don't at this late hour said miss biggs but so tired as you are dear never mind me martha as for myself i shall take nothing now and then they all sat without a word for the space of some five minutes if you like to go martha said mrs furnival don't mind waiting for me oh very well and then miss biggs took her bed candle and left the room was it not hard upon her that she should be forced to absent herself at this moment when the excitement of the battle was about to begin in earnest her footsteps lingered as she slowly retreated from the drawing-room door and for one instant she absolutely paused standing still with eager ears it was but for an instant and then she went on upstairs out of hearing and sitting herself down by her bedside allowed the battle to rage in her imagination mr furnival would have sat there silent till his wife had gone also and so the matter would have terminated for that evening had she so willed it but she had been thinking of her miseries and having come to some sort of resolution to speak of them openly what time could she find more appropriate for doing so than the present tom's she said and as she spoke there was still a twinkle of the old love in her eye we are not going on together as well as we should do not lately would it not be well to make a change before it is too late what change she asked not exactly in an ill humour but with a husky thick voice he would have preferred now that she should have followed her friend to bed i do not want to dictate to you tom but oh tom if you knew how wretched i am what makes you wretched because you leave me all alone because you care more for other people than you do for me because you never like to be at home 
never if you can possibly help it you know you don't you are always away now upon some excuse or other you know you are i don't have you home to dinner not one day in the week through the year that can't be right and you know it is not oh tom you are breaking my heart and deceiving me you are why did i go down and find that woman in your chamber with you when you were ashamed to own to me that she was coming to see you if it had been in the proper way of law business you wouldn't have been ashamed oh tom the poor woman had begun her plaint in a manner that was not altogether devoid of a discreet eloquence if only she could have maintained that tone if she could have confined her words to the tale of her own grievances and have been contented to declare that she was unhappy only because he was not with her it might have been well she might have touched his heart or at any rate his conscience and there might have been some enduring result for good but her feelings had been too many for her and as her wrongs came to her mind and the words heaped themselves upon her tongue she could not keep herself from the one subject which she should have left untouched mr furnival was not the man to bear any interference such as this or to permit the privacy of lincoln's inn to be invaded even by his wife his brow grew very black and his eyes became almost bloodshot the port wine which might have worked him to softness now worked him to anger and he thus burst forth with words of marital vigour let me tell you once forever kitty that i will admit of no interference with what i do or the people whom i may choose to see in my chambers in lincoln's inn if you are such an infatuated simpleton as to believe yes of course i am a simpleton of course i am a fool women always are listen to me will you listen yes it's my business to listen would you like that i should give this house up for her and go into lodging somewhere i shall have very little objection as matters are going now oh dear oh dear that things should ever have come to this come to what tom i could put up with a great deal more i think than most women i could slave for you like a drudge and think nothing about it and now that you have got among grand people i could see you go out by yourself without thinking much about that either i am very lonely sometimes very but i could bear that nobody has longed to see you rise in the world half so anxious as i have done but tom when i know what your goings are with a nasty sly false woman like that i won't bear it and there's an end in saying which final words mrs furnival rose from her seat and thrice struck her hand by no means lightly on the loo table in the middle of the room i did not think it possible that you should be so silly i did not indeed oh yes silly very well women are always silly when they mind that kind of thing have you got anything else to say sir yes i have i have this to say that i will not endure this sort of usage nor i won't said mrs furnival so you may as well understand it at once as long as there was nothing absolutely wrong i would put up with it for the sake of appearances and because of sophia for myself i don't mind what loneliness i may have to bear if you had been called on to go out to the east indies or even to china i could have put up with it but this sort of thing i won't put up with nor i won't be blind to what i can't help seeing 
so now mr furnival you may know that i have made up my mind and then without waiting further parley having whisked herself in her energy near to the door she stalked out and went up with hurried steps to her own room occurrences of a nature such as this are in all respects unpleasant in a household let the master be ever so much master what is he to do say that his wife is wrong from the beginning to the end of the quarrel that in no way improves the matter his anxiety is that the world abroad should not know he has aught amiss at home but she with her hot sense of injury and her loud revolt against supposed wrongs cares not who hears it hold your tongue madam the husband says but the wife bound though she be by an oath of obedience will not obey him but only screams the louder all which as mr furnival sat there thinking of it disturbed his mind much that martha biggs would spread the tale through all bloomsbury and st pancras of course he was aware if she drives me to it it must be so he said to himself at last and then he also betook himself to his rest and so it was that preparations for christmas were made in harley street End of chapter 21 of Orley Farm by Anthony Trollope Recording by Leonard Wilson of Springfield, Ohio